Oh, hi, it's Jason Klom, your co-co-host here. Um, this is one of our special side episodes. It's a follow-up to uh, Rose Bowl. This is with Glenn Harris, who at the time went as Glenn Walker Harris Jr., who plays Kyle, the guy who sells Mr. James a box of junk. Um, right now, he's a New York-based filmmaker, and uh, he was uh, kind enough to sit down and talk with me about uh, his work on the show. Um, we talk about that. We talk about acting as a kid, talk about the kind of roles he played a lot. Um, I like these episodes because... Uh, since we've already covered the plot of whatever episode it is, we get to veer off in a weird direction sometimes. This one's just interesting because he's got some fun stories. Uh, so I hope you guys enjoy this. Also, <laughs> uh, point of order, I need to make a correction, <laughs> a very embarrassing correction. So I'm a podcast producer, but I'm also a podcast listener. That is not necessarily common. Um but I listened to a lot of podcasts, and at one point, I was listening to a comedy podcast, and the host got very serious. And I should have guessed because it was comedy bang bang. But uh, they made a quote-unquote joke so dry that I bought it that Mike Post was dead. And I believed it. And uh, so it became fact on the show. And then uh, one of our fans did uh, kindly point out that, uh, you know, that was just a bit. And I'm like, oh, interesting, because it didn't sound like one. Way too dry, way too straight. But you know what? I'm a comedy person. I guess I should have caught it. I don't know. But either way, my apologies to Mike Post and his family. Um, <laughs> it's just a fun, insane little mistake. And um, yeah, that's all me. Um, but either way, this is fun. Uh, also, uh, we are still working hard. I promise. We're still working on that news radio tribute comic. We have some, I, I like some of the ideas we have for titles. Um, and we've got some art. Um, and I want to thank Joe Galvan once again, uh, not only for his art, but um, he's being kind enough to, uh, if we can figure out the technical side of it, um, give us the WNYX News Radio domain name. So at some point in the future, you're going to be able to go to WNYXNewsRadio.com and go to the podcast with a big fat link to Joe's work because he's an amazing artist. Uh, and it's really kind that an amazing artist and a fan of the show is not only doing that for us, but also just like he's made art based on stuff we've talked about. And that's at an ego level, very flattering, but also like on a fan level, it's like, holy crap, that's a really amazing, wonderful thing. So he's a super cool dude. Just like all of you are super cool uh, dudes and dudettes, dudettes. Hi, it's, it's a show about the 90s. I guess I could say that. Anyway, I just feel like I should point out how flattered and honored and uh, excited we are that uh, you guys are so engaged. It does actually mean a lot. So, um... Uh, you know, we, we just like having you guys involved. Feel free to keep e emailing us at uh, freakzilla at scopenet.com. And as always, you uh, can uh, leave us a voicemail at 646-801-WNYX. Actually, somebody has, and I apologize, your voicemail hasn't made it onto the show yet. So I keep uh, asking people to leave them, and then, uh, you know, we get them right after we've recorded. Uh, so I blame me. Anyway, only thing left to say at this point is... Um, Man walks down the street. Why am I soft in the middle? Why am I so soft in the middle? I figured Alan's not here to interrupt me with that. I figured to do a little call me out. Anyhow, there is one thing left to say, and that is, uh, well, enjoy the show and catch you later, bee cakes. I'm Jason Klom. Gaziza, I'm Alan Rickard. Your last name is Rickard? And we are the hosts of Dispatches from Fort Awesome, a news radio podcast. 
Oh, hi, I'm Jason Klom. This is Dispatches from Fort Awesome, the news radio podcast. Uh, this week, we have a special guest on the phone. It is Glenn Harris, who uh, originally went by Glenn Walker Harris Jr., if you're looking on IMDb and being a real nerd about it, which you probably are. Glenn, thank you so much for doing the show. I appreciate it. Uh, no problem, man. I'm, I'm happy to talk to you. So uh, you were a child actor for, like, how, how young did you start and when did you stop? I started um, basically when I was two years old. Wow. Um, and then, yeah, I didn't uh, kind of came straight out of the womb. Mm-hmm. And my my career got started, um, and I went until I was I think sixteen years old was the last thing I did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, man, that's I mean that's a, that's a lot of work. You you did some Doogie House. You did a little bit of all the good stuff back then. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I just caught the Golden Girls you were in. Holy shit! This is like this stuff is blowing yeah, my man. mind. I love it. Do, did did any no, of these stand out? Were you fans of these shows that you were on? Um, years later, yeah, um, definitely Golden Girls. There's been a lot of a lot of discussions about that in recent <laughs> years. A lot of people asking about that. Uh-huh. Um, I would love to go back and and rewatch that. I think they just finally put it up on Netflix, so I'd love to go. Watch that. You should. Yeah, I, I think it's all on Hulu for sure. Like, it's definitely on Hulu because I know that I started watching it and watching it and watching it. Um, I I love so much that you were you got these like little. Was it was it a passion for you or were you so young that it was just something fun? Uh, both. I think when I started, I didn't really know any better. Right. Um, and then as I started to get older, I, I really started to enjoy it. Um, I really started to, I guess, enjoy being someone else for a week or, or whatever it was and, yeah. and just really, really got into the craft of it, I guess. That's awesome. So by the time you're doing this episode is uh, episode of news radio, you're 13, 14. I'm, I, I'm assuming. Yeah. So what, yeah. <laughs> what, what's your, what's your memory of doing this episode where you play this little punk kid who gets like way too much come up. It's at the end. Yeah. It's funny. I, I can remember so many things. Um, you know, now that I, wa- I rewatched the episode, it, it brought a lot back. Um, first of all, that scene with Andy Dick, where he is cracking the egg. Uh-huh. I can remember that we had to do that. They had to do that so many times. Really? And I, yeah, and like that was a scene that I wasn't in. So I would go and I would sit in the live studio audience that was there because that's how these shows were done back then. You mm-hmm. know, you had your live audience. And I just remember Andy Dick, like, like screwed that up so many times <laughs> cracking that egg. Oh no! Like he literally he cracked that egg and he wasn't supposed to, and so it went everywhere. <laughs> and I just remember like like man like we had to do that so many times that it got to the point where it just deflated uh-huh. like, all the all the comedy of the scene. And I was just like sitting there with the studio audience <laughs> and like I think my grandparents were there. Uh-huh. And uh, I think my grandfather got up and went and got something to eat <laughs> when they were doing that scene. <laughs> it was just like. Uh, I can't, this isn't funny anymore. Holy crap. Yeah, it was, I remember that pretty clearly. That was, that was funny. That's amazing. Um, yeah. And then, you know, rewatching the episode, like I said to you, I, I see the opening credits rolling and I, I see Joe Rogan and I'm like, oh, it's some other, some other guy named Joe Rogan. Uh-huh. And I start, wa- and I start watching and I'm like, what the hell? That, is that the Joe Rogan with hair? Right. And then I realized... <laughs> It, it was, and I, that was just like that blew my mind. 
That's so funny. I, I love that for, you know, it, again, like it depends on the world you're in. Only because I was obsessed with news radio did I sort of follow his career, even if I wasn't into the stuff that he was doing afterwards. But I love for you. It's oh, like, yeah. oh, shit. Wow. I had no idea. And also you you were telling me that you recently produced something with UFC. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, now I'm, I'm a filmmaker. Now I, I'm, I'm on the other side of things. And I did recently start working for the UFC. It came through here for a big fight they had with George St. Pierre and Michael Bisping at Madison Square Garden. And I shot um, a lot of the content for that here in New York. And just to like see that come full circle and, and see Joe Rogan was just, that just really blew my mind. I, I didn't even know he was an actor, man. I just always had thought of him as, you know, the UFC. <laughs> I, I think you're, you're not alone. So, I think a lot of people just think of him as a host, like a dude who's a host of stuff at this point. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so I screenshotted that, and I sent that to some of my friends who are there now, who work for UFC now, and they were just cracking up, huh? and they, they couldn't believe it. <laughs> oh, my God. That yeah, was awesome. I do wonder if you mentioned that to him, if he would give a crap, but I think it would be amazing if he was excited about it like that. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's it's a really good question. You never know, you never know. But if I had the chance, I'm sure I would, I would, I would ask him. Did you? Amazing. So, uh, how uh, was this your typical you audition for it type of role? Uh, sometimes people get thrown into these and don't remember how. But I'm curious, was it just a typical audition? I couldn't. I have no recollection of the audition, man. Uh-huh. I mean, to be honest, as an actor you go on so many and so the auditions are just so few and far between any of the memories that I have from them. Mm-hmm. Nothing, nothing really sticks out. Like he may or may not have come in and read with me for the audition, but mm-hmm. I, I, I really don't recollect much from the auditioning process. It, it was in LA somewhere. Mm-hmm. That's about all I can remember. Yeah. Did you, know. what was your awareness? Did you know who George Goober Lindsay was at the time? No, man, I didn't even know what Citizen Kane was. <laughs> that's that's a and reasonable I mean, expect. I, I, I get that. Yeah, man, and, like, funny story was, I do remember this now, because so I ended up going to USC Film School. That, that was my college. And we studied, you know, film pretty seriously. Um, and I remember when Citizen Kane first came up, I think I was probably 18 or 19. We, we saw it in our first year. And that was my first time seeing it. And I went and I, I told my professor at the time, I was like, hey, I'd like to go have a one-on-one and talk to you. And I remember I, I told him, I wanted to tell him I was in this episode of news radio and like Citizen Kane was in it and stuff. So we, we got, we went and we, we have a one-on-one and I tell him and he just doesn't care at all. <laughs> he's, just like, he's just like, fuck you, man. He's like, Dude, I have this actor in my class. I have this actor in my class. <laughs> of course. Oh, my God. Only in an L.A. film school would they be like, what else do you have to offer? Like, <laughs> holy like, shit. He's like, well, did you meet Orson Welles? It was just. He really could care, could care less. Man. Oh, was, my God. That's fine, insane man. to me. That's insane. Yeah. I, I really thought I had. I have something for him in, in, in film history, and he just didn't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, and uh, you know what's funny is it's uh, to me it's uh, again I'm gonna I, I'm gonna frame it this way because I love the show, but it was one of those shows that was doing weird 
references and homages in live action that weren't really, that were only kind of being done on The Simpsons at the time. So it is kind of important. So it's funny that your teacher didn't remotely recognize that because I guess TV doesn't matter to some people. <laughs> yeah, it was something like that. You know, at USC, we, we took cinema pretty seriously there. Sure. Um, I guess at the time. And it just didn't really, I guess it just didn't really uh, resonate with this particular professor that much, <laughs> you could say. <laughs> that is so funny. I love it so much. Yeah. Uh, crazy, so what are your specific memories of your scene? I mean, you've got like maybe five lines or something. You don't have that many, but like... You stick out because again, they've they, you've got that '90s do, man. You got the hair. You have '90s as hair. That is the hair to have. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I had the I had the Kurt Cobain going. Yeah, you did. Good. You did. It's great. Yeah. I love it so much. And like you just <laughs> like they've uh, did they have to? Because I'm looking through your list and I'm like, oh, he literally plays a character called Punk in parentheses Bike Thief. Was this the kind of stuff they were casting you as a lot, or did you? Was there a typical thing that their people were casting you as? That's right. Yeah. So leave it to Beaver. My character name was Punk also. <laughs> so I think, well, I mean, what year was it? Was this 96 or something? Like uh, that? 97. Same year as leave it to Beaver. looks like. Dude, yeah. Punk was calling my name in 97, I guess. Pretty, pretty strong. <laughs> <laughs> I got typecast there for a year. I, I guess, love it. Punk. That's so good. Was that, uh, was it f like, what do you remember about the uh, shooting your actual scenes other than just going through the paces? I mean, if anything, I don't know if there are any stories between takes or whatever. Um, I, I really struggle to recollect too much of the actual filming. What, what really sticks out and what's kind of always stuck out whenever people would bring up these radios is I remember the table read okay. being hilarious. Um, and you know what the table read is, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just remember being in absolute stitches for the table read because that was really the one time where the whole cast was, was all there as one. Mm -hmm. And I can remember Phil Hartman just being hilarious. He He was one of those guys where even when the camera was off. He was that funny. That's amazing. Um, and it's just, that's just who he was. And I mean, this was pre, you know, pre-internet where anyone really ever gave a shit. I mean, this was sure. 97. We had the internet, but it wasn't, there was no social media or any of that. Um, but I just remember him totally being one of those guys who could, who could light up the room. And he did that. I remember the table read. It's just that was his thing. He was so cool. He was laughing at everyone's jokes, and that that really sticks out. That's awesome. God, I I always like yeah. hearing. I've never heard a bad story about him, so that's that's always nice to hear. Uh, as a guy who was a hero of mine, uh, did you oh, yeah. did you get to interact with anybody outside of acting, like on set at all? Like, did you, was there anybody? Everybody there's so much older than you. Did you have anybody to talk to? God, I'm really trying to remember, man. I, I remember there being a great director. Mm -hmm. um, it's hard for me to come up with any stories. I, I think it was just sort of, in as much as live comedy is routine, it was just kind of, you know, normal stuff. Nothing too crazy happened. You know, we blocked it out and things like that. Sure. Um, but, yeah, I can't. it's hard to recollect any, any behind-the-scenes stuff from that week. How about rewatching it? Does uh, does it does it hold up for you? What are your thoughts of rewatching the show? It's great, you know. And I mean, you look at the you go and you look at the credits, and you, I mean, you have Bernie Brillstein and Brad Gray. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I mean, the alumni's the alumni's incredible in the show, actually. Um, yeah, uh, it's just I'm scrolling through the credits now, and I mean, you see those two names, and they just stick out. And then the casting sure. directors too; those those were two huge casting directors. What were their names? Uh, that's a good question. I was I was uh, I was just looking at the director, which I figured was Tom Sharonis, uh, who directed most of this series and the bulk of Seinfeld too. So you did have that's pretty good pedigree. Oh, uh, oh wow, that's awesome. We interviewed him a couple weeks ago, actually, uh, for the first time, and that was super, super fun. And I, he was just, what's so funny is like he's one of those dudes who's very unassuming. He's just like, I don't know, I, I did the job and I got it done, and I made it as funny as I could. And it's you can't ask for any more than that, uh, you know. Yeah, I love, yeah. I love that you remember that though. Was he just good at dealing with you as a kid, treating you like a, a person? Yeah, he definitely was. I mean, I think I was in that that sort of. Um, interesting stage between being a kid and being <laughs> an adult yeah um so i know that i had to go to school on set oh uh, sure during those years yeah i did a lot of my up until like mid high school i think i did most of my schooling on set okay um so there, there were a lot of those kinds of laws and, and things you had to do so to be honest man i was probably just um I was just in school and stuff most of the time. I was too young to go out and go and hang with everybody, you know? I was only oh, 13 or whatever. Sure. Man, I yeah. just, I, I got to say, like, much as I, I, I'm certain I wouldn't have been jealous of the the child actor life because I couldn't have handled that. I know I couldn't. Like, I am jealous of all, <laughs> of all the shit you were in. And coming out of it, uh, it seems, pretty unscathed and still working in the industry and succeeding. That's kind of amazing. Uh, oh, thank you very much, man. I, I appreciate that. I mean, it's you know, it's it's good that clearly somebody was also, I, I'm assuming, guiding you along the way and and telling you how to handle your shit because it, it's so often that like again, it's uh, luckily actually, you know, it's funny. Every kid actor we've interviewed on the show has turned out to be a cool person so far and has <laughs> like a cool person and who has their crap together. The last guy I interviewed is now a doctor. And he was, oh, wow. uh, yeah, so, you know, like everybody's doing what they want to do. I'm just looking, I just feel like people should just go to your IMDb page and be like, oh yeah, of course. Love that show. Love that show. Love that show. You're on, I, I love Star Trek in general. Uh, I love that you're on an episode of Voyager. Were you a punk yeah, in that too? Were you, a, were you a badass little kid in that too? Dude, I actually, I was actually a, like a rebel. <laughs> I was like. A guy who, again, I still had the Kurt Cobain hair. Yeah. And I played, like, a, a human who wanted to be a Klingon. Really? Oh, and my God. I, yeah. Yeah, and I told, like, my dad to fuck off, like, in, in Klingon language. <laughs> so I, maybe that's, like, what... I, I was, I think, before this, so that maybe that's what, like, led to my my 1997... That is amazing. I love that (laughs) so, so much. Like, you could take a snapshot, and anybody who would look at any screen capture of you and that's like, they would know, yeah, 97. Of course it's 97. Like, everybody would immediately know (laughs) who that kid was. I love it so much. Um, Well, uh, I'm not going to press you because, like, I'm not going to try and squeeze stories out of you that are not there, but you've given me, like, a really fun idea of what it was like to be on the set. And, uh, but I do want to make sure since we're going to tag this onto another episode, do you, where can people find you online if you want them to? And, uh, do you have anything to promote? Yeah, sure, man. Um, my website is 
glennharriscreative.com. Um, I live, I'm based here in Williamsburg, New York, and I am currently making original film pieces, documentaries, and also shooting a lot of branded content for fashion brands here, and um, still loving it, still doing it. And my Instagram is then Glenn said, there's two ends in Glenn. And that's a good visual visual place to see what I'm up to. Of course, I'll I'll put your I'll put a link to this on there when it's up. That'd be awesome. Thank you. Um, well, this has been super cool. I really appreciate it. Uh, if you're ever in LA, look me up because we'd love to have you back on just to talk about a random episode because you've been a fun guest. Um, <laughs> but I For really sure, man. I really appreciate it. And uh, guys, uh, I've already promoted my stuff earlier in this episode, so I'll shut the hell up. There's only one other thing to say, and that is catch you later, Bee Cakes. <laughs> Dispatches from Fort Awesome, a news radio podcast, is part of the Stolen Dress Podcast Network. The show is hosted by Alan Rickard and Jason Klom, and our theme song was composed and performed by Michael Warden. Have questions? Call and leave us a voicemail at 646-801-WNYX or email us at freakzilla at scopenet.com. Please subscribe to Dispatches from Fort Awesome on iTunes, give us a five-star rating, and write us a review. It helps. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at WNYX News Radio. Visit stolendress.com to listen to our other podcasts, watch videos, and imbibe freely of our multimedia content going back 15-plus years. Big day today, Dave. <laughs>